In today's show, I'm looking at categorical scarcity. What stats go off the board when? What you need to target when? All the stuff that's really key for a draft. Plus, I'm going to give you a chance to enter an auction salary cap slash salary cap mock draft with me, which is going tomorrow. Stay tuned for information on that. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at lockedonfantasybasketball if Instagram is still working by the time you listen to this. Who knows? Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. All right, we're going to talk categorical scarcity. But tomorrow... I know everyone's been asking for it. It's coming. Here it is. The auction draft. A nine-category, 12-team auction mock draft. It's coming tomorrow. Who wants in? Well, if you do, go to the YouTube comments, find my comment, and there's a link there. Join it. It will be on at, what day is it? Tuesday in the States at 6, uh, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. 6.30 p.m. Eastern. If you're not in there, with like 10 minutes to go before it starts, I kick you out and I replace you. Simple as that. So I just need people there to start start the draft. But the link is below. Go and join up um, if you want, want to uh, be in an auction with me. So that'll be tomorrow's show. Do you guys want a teaser of what's coming up the rest of this week? We've got a Dynasty Startup mock draft coming. We've got some ADP battles coming. Jared Johnson from NBC uh, Sports Edge. Alex Raclean from Rotowire. It's coming up this week as well. Um, and that's, yeah, that's probably what we got going this week. Might have another ADP battle thrown in there as well. Maybe another video that I do as well. Still working on that, but that's currently what we've got confirmed for this week. But what we're talking about today is categorical scarcity. And you hear me talk on this show a lot about how yeah, points and assists uh, go and there's different runs of big men in the 30 to 60 range and then there's point guards that go early and there's point guards that go late. But what does that mean? And people will often ask me this question. They'll, they'll look at things and they'll ask me the question of, you know, what... Because they, they, they marry it up to fantasy football. I know when I draft fantasy football, you have to get running backs early or you got to go with zero RB strategy or any of that sort of stuff, right? It's not doesn't work exactly that way in fantasy basketball. The better way to look at it is what categories versus what position. Because Nikola Jokic plays at center, but he gets a ton of assists. Derek White, Danny Green play as guards. They get a lot of blocks. You know, they get one block per game, well above average. Christos Porzingis hits more threes as a center than DeJounte Murray does as a point guard. So it's not just about positions, although again, getting those centers in that middle range is, is important especially if you play the ludicrous game of having two centers, which I cannot stress enough. Do not have a league with a two-center starter situation. Please do not. And if you're on ESPN, the first thing you do as commissioner is remove the maximum four-center cap. This shit is ridiculous. There's no need for it. There is absolutely no need for it. And the the weird thing, uh, side rant, is that Yahoo goes, 
centers. We need to have more of them. We need to put more of them in. It's so important that we get more centers. And ESPN's like, nah, we need less centers. So which one is it? The answer is neither. And with the way, I tell you, and people ask me, well, why, Josh? This is how it's always done. It's way more difficult. And I know I'm getting off topic here, but this is important. I think having extra restrictions on things actually makes a league less competitive. And I tell you why, because things like centers, and so I don't like double-doubles as a category, it's pretty fungible. I think fungible is the right word. No, it's non-fungible. There's just not that many good ones around. So if you're forcing everyone to have minimum two on their team, then there are people who are going to be left out and you go, well, you've got to prepare, you've got to prepare better. But if everyone just went centers early, right, then someone who's at the last pick of the draft or wherever it is, is at a disadvantage because they can't get that player. And my other, my, and you might argue with that, and that's fine. There's just absolutely no need for it. Again, when center is, why do you need more of those in every other position? And center is the most replaceable position in the NBA. But the thing is that what it requires is the more restrictive you are with position eligibility in your fantasy lineup, the more you rely upon somebody else. Oh, why isn't he center eligible? Why isn't he shooting guard eligible? When are they going to change it? I've got no idea, mate. And neither do you. But you are now at the whims of whoever's creating the position eligibility. I think at some point, we're just going to go, hey, just put players out there, all utilities, whatever. So you're not at that. It's like you know me saying, put more ILs in there. Make them IL+. plus." Because you want to be in a situation where oh, I've got to wait for this guy to get his uh, IL uh, designation so I can move him. But this guy got out and he got out after three days and then IL. And this guy got IL after one day. There's no consistency. And you're at the whims of somebody else making those decisions that you have no control over. And then it affects your team. So I want to try and remove those barriers, which are literally out of your control and out of your league's control um, when setting things up. Side rant over. I'm not even a rant, just a discussion. So categorical scarcity. So what what it means, and again, I did this video over the weekend, the top 12 players in fantasy, because everyone wants to know, who do I pick first? And in the end, it doesn't mean as much as you think it does, as I've said plenty of times. The adage is always true that you can't really win your league in the first round, but you can lose it. But the way that you can lose it in the first round is often something that you have no ability to predict. Unless you're taking DeJounte Murray in round one, that is you actively deciding to lose your draft. But if you take Giannis at pick five, if you take Towns at pick seven, and then they tear their ACL a week into the season, yes, you've probably lost your draft and lost your league, but it's got nothing to do with the selection that you made. Because you didn't make that selection knowing, well, you know what, in a week he's going to tear his ACL, but fuck it, I'm still going to pick him. You didn't do that. So in general, yeah, I've got those, and you saw in that video that I did, you group them up the top, there's the top four, then there's a second four, then there's a bunch of guys in the interchange. If you're sort of just sticking to that area, and if you're at pick two and you want to take Harden or you want to take Steph or you want to take Yanni, go go for it. And if you're at pick five and you want to take uh, Towns or you want to take Lillard or you want to take Durant or you want to take Embiid, go for it, whoever. It's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a difference. And if you're at nine, you want to go with Tatum or Beal or um, um, someone else that I'm missing. Paul, if you want to jump up for Paul George at pick 10, yeah, go for it. It's not that big of an issue. What you need to then realize is after that is when things start to get wild. So should we start talking about that? We, we probably should start talking about that, but we'll get to that in uh, in just a second because guys, I'm going to tell you that if you're watching your live sport in one spot, which we all are, and then we've got our on-demand shows somewhere else, 
and then we go and watch our highlights on our phone and then we've got someone else's login for someone else it's all over the place there's clutter there's confusion look who knows what you're watching where well i want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love into one place without the hassle a great way to get your tv together it's called direct tv stream it brings your live tv and on-demand favorites together in one place like never before and it enables you to see your favorite shows, movies, and sport all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. Awesome. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirectTV Stream. Find out more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. It's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. I love how Shopify has those tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Whatever you want, Shopify is the great option for you to start to grow your business and sell those products. Shopify powers over 1.7 million businesses from first sale to full scale, reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integration and apps, including Facebook and Instagram, if they still exist, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is a possibility powered by Shopify. So go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA right now. Shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA. Okay, let's go and now uh, let's take a look. Categorical scarcity. All right. Um, what I'm doing here is we have this information over on our draft tracker. And if your league runs, I have free throws made, or I have three-point percentage, or I have double-doubles, or I'm a 20-man league, or I'm a six-man league, or whatever, this stuff does vary slightly based on league size, based on categories, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, with the vast majority of people playing nine category, 12-team leagues, snake draft formats, and people go, you don't talk about auction enough. Now, I, I did multiple polls on this. 80% of people who follow my content, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's on Twitter, 80% do snake versus an auction and 70% do categories versus points. So as you can tell, by far the most popular format is snake, nine cat league. And that's what the majority of my stuff is tailored towards. We always do things like auctions and we do roto and we'll do points league stuff, but the majority of stuff gets tailored towards that because that's what the vast, vast majority of people do. Now, at the end of round one, when your first guys are off the board, and what I'm basing this off is at the current Yahoo ADP. So your current Yahoo first round, based on their ADPs, is Jokic, Giannis, Doncic, Curry, Harden, Durant, Lillard, Embiid, Towns, Tatum, Davis, and Young. That is your current first round with Yahoo ADPs. After that first round is done, these categories become the hardest to find in terms of scarcity. Well, and it's pretty obvious because 
you know, there's all the big scorers are going here. Steph's gone, Harden's gone, Durant's gone, Lillard's gone, yeah, Embiid. All of these guys are high-scoring players in that first round. And in that projected first round, the worst-scoring player is probably going to be either Davis or maybe even... Yeah, well, maybe Trey Young, but they're all, yeah, this is still high high to well, mid 20s scoring players, right? And if Trey Young averaged 27, or if Anthony Davis pushed to 27, no one would be surprised, right? So points are off the board, and this is going to be a consistent ride through. You'll hear a lot of people, um, I don't want to say uninformed, but people who don't necessarily understand the nuance of it, they'll say, well, you can get points off the wave wire. And while that is true, literally every player in the NBA who plays minutes will score points. They will do that. So you can theoretically get points off the waiver wire. An average contribution from a player in a fantasy team is 17 points. You cannot find 70, you cannot find average fantasy players, average scorers off the waiver wire. You'll get a guy that scores seven or 10 or 11. And then if you add that guy off the waiver wire and you play him through the week, your overall team average comes way down and you're less competitive in points. If you want to be a strong team in points, if you want to be a powerhouse in the points category, you need to get those numbers early. You just cannot get them late, really. It's almost impossible to do. Basically, of all of the highest scorers, you're going to have two-thirds to three-quarters of them go in the first two rounds. There are some guys that you can find later who are decent enough scorers, um, in terms of you know what their points per game is, but the vast majority of these players, um, if I have a look at you know, who who the guys are that you can find maybe outside the first outside the top fifty, Colin Sexton, decent scorer, Ja Morant, although he's getting drafted too high, um, you look at a Demar Derozan, outside the top fifty, you Karis Levert, Jeremy Grant, like these are guys who might be able to give you twenty points per game, Malcolm Brogdon maybe, there's not many of them outside the top fifty. And you know, if you scale it back to outside the top 30, maybe you're looking at Fox there, um, Devin Booker in that area as well. Uh, Brandon Ingram, perhaps, he could be outside the top 30. His ADP is 42, so he is outside that area. Um, you're looking at a CJ McCullum. But realistically, the big scorers all go in that first couple of rounds. So with every round that I'm looking at here, it's going to be the hardest category to get. Assists are done early as well. Because in that first round, Jokic, Doncic, Harden, Lillard, Trey Young, these, and even the guys who are not point guards. Yeah, Towns is getting five assists. Uh, Giannis is getting six assists. Um, yeah, Tatum's getting five assists. Those sort of guys, it goes early. So if you can't get your hand on an assist guy in the first round, if you if you do end up in that first round and say you get um, Embiid, say you end up with Let's Anthony Davis, uh, even like a Jason Tatum. If you end up with, if that's who you get in the first round, punting assists is often a very, very good way to go. And as I've said a lot of times, when I do my mock drafts, the teams that finish at the top are the teams that are actually really bad at assists. Because once you start getting assists, you go, I need to solidify assists. I need to get more assists. I need to keep myself strong in assists. And you keep reaching up and you keep reaching up and you keep reaching up. All right, and that lets the other players fall back a little bit and get some value and assists become extra hard to find. Now, there is a lull in assists in the mid-rounds and there is a gap like in that 70 to 90 zone where a Kemba, Kyle Lowry, Mike Conley, 
Um, there's a bunch of other players in that area that I can think of that, that come in. into Derek White, Spencer Dinwiddie, um, Bogdan Bogdanovich gets some assists in that area. Kevin Porter is, a, is available there. Um, uh, Devontae Graham. Like, there are some options available, but yeah, points and assists are the ones that will go early. And then free throw percentage. But free throw percentage is interesting. You'll see it later on. A bunch of the high volume free throw guys go early. Um, that's not including like a Giannis or a Luca who go with that poor free throw percentage, but a lot of the high volume guys go early in that first round. So they're a really good base. But then it does become easier to find free throw percentage as as the draft goes on. So while it is, these are the three categories that become sort of negative in terms of being able to find at this point in the draft, you'll find that free throw percentage does, that you are able to influence that category later. The difference is that when you influence that category later in the draft, you're hurting yourself in field goals or you're hurting yourself in other categories. All right, so that's round one done. But you know, football's back. Can't wait to watch a game today. Chargers, Raiders, my son's favorite team, the Chargers. They might be good. And if you want to place action on these games, BetOnline is the place to do it. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using our promo code Locked On from football, basketball, boxing, or even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online is where the game starts. Right, let's look at round two. So after two guy, two rounds are gone uh, in Yahoo. So that includes now Beal, George, um, the big fella. It's Bosa. It's big Bosa. Bosa zip. Bosa bitch. LeBron James. Fucking goat outside. It's just a goat. No, it's a fucking goat. Zach Levine. <laughs> Skater boy. Of sound effects there. So Beal, George, Vooch, LeBron, Levine, Adebayo, Westbrook, Butler, Sabonis, Irving, Zion, and Van Vliet. They're your top 24 on Yahoo ADP. So once those guys are off the board, points is the hard. Literally every round, you'll see the hardest category to find is points. If you don't get points early, you're in real trouble. Assists, but then what comes in is rebounds because Vooch off the board, Bam, Sabonis, all those guys off the board, plus you know Towns and Tatum, uh, sorry Towns and Davis and Embiid uh, and Giannis and Jokic early on. It's it's really hard to get these rebounds, and I think a lot of people wouldn't. Again, rebounds is the second highest volume stat after points, so you can think you can find rebounds off the wire. You can to a degree, but you, know, you need seven per game to be really. If you're, you you know, want to be really strong in that category, you need seven per game, and there's not that many, not that many dudes who do that. And it's going to become especially apparent after, say, rounds three and four, when you've got um, Gobert and Randall and Ayton and um, Wood and uh, Turner and Collins and Porzingis and Valanciunas. All these guys are going to start going in the next two rounds. So rebounds push up into one of those negative categories, becoming hard to find. And then free throw percentage is still there after round two. In round three, you'll notice that free throw percentage has dropped off. After those first three rounds, it does become a little bit easier to find free throws because you got some of these guys who are poor free throw guys. And the third round options are Randall Ball, Gobert, Mitchell, Ayton, Booker, Paul, Porter, Shea, Middleton, Wood, and Brown have gone off the board. Jalen Brown. 
um, with some poor free throw guys in there like Wood, like Gobert. Lamelo's not a great guy in that area. DeAndre Ayton's not great. Um, but field goal percentage, because we're starting to get centers off the board. Gobert's gone. Ayton's gone. Porter's a good field goal guy. Wood's a good field goal guy. Field goal percentage is becoming a little bit harder to get. And you'll notice, guys, steals and blocks and threes have not been mentioned once. And spoiler alert, they will not be mentioned at all. They are actually the easiest categories. Now, blocks are a little bit different because they can get highly concentrated early and centers can run off. But steals, which is a bugbear of mine when looking at rankings of guys, guys with high steals get really overvalued. And steals can be found later on from numbers of guys. You can find steals later on. It is it is definitely Matisse Thibel. You want him later on. You can get steals. Jalen Suggs, good steals guy. You can get steals later on. But you'll notice that threes literally never appear, right? And that's why often when I'm looking at projections, I try and weight those categories down a bit because they can overinflate, especially considering how how much easier they are to find. And then field goal percentage, again, becomes a little bit harder to get after round three. So if you're needing a boost there with your Zions and Sabonis and Gobears and Aitons off the board, it can be hard to get influence. And remember, you can find guys with high field goal percentage, Jakob Pertl, but if they take five shots... It's nowhere near as impactful as the bloke at 60% versus 70% who takes you know, 12 shots or 13 shots. Volume in percentages matter. The lower volume you have, the more likely you are to suffer variance. So I think I described this on a show the other day. But if you have a guy, if your team shoots, let's just use a basic example. Someone, uh, you've got a couple of guys there and they go 20 of 30 from the field at 67%. It's really, really high, obviously, right? But your guys are just taking five shots per game. So 20 of 30. If if instead of, if they miss five shots out of those 30, then it becomes 15 of 30 and they're 50% field goal. So it goes from 67 down to 50. It's massive. If your guys are much larger volume and they're still 67%, but it's 67 out of 100, right? You lose five shots. You go to 62 out of 100. You go from 67 to 62%. It's a drop, but it's nowhere near as um, harsh. And those numbers, of course, they're, they're pretty unrealistic, but it's just going to show you if you get higher volume, you are insulated against, more insulated against um, cold streaks than you are if you are at low volume, where one or two shots can completely screw your system up. And it's one of the risks of a punt points format as well, or punt points build. After round four, Rebounds actually jumps up to be the second hardest category to find after round four. So after round four, we're looking at um, yeah, Ja Morant, Toby Harris, Brandon Ingram, Miles Turner, John Collins. You'll see centers here. Yeah, Turner, Collins, Drew Holiday, Clint Capella, De'Aaron Fox, Porzingis, Holmes, Valanchunas, and McCollum. So JV, Holmes, Porzingis, Capella, Collins, Turner. Yeah, six centers in that fourth round based on Yahoo ADP, making rebounds really hard to get. Field goal percentage, still a tough category to find. Points is always going to be number one every single round, I'm telling you now. And then assists come in there. So that's after four rounds. After five rounds, we get a few more guards coming off the board. Lonzo, DeJounte Murray, Jaron Jackson, Malcolm Brogdon, Anthony Edwards, the Jedi, OG Ananobi. Where's my thing? But what about Scarf? OG. Stop, OG. Uh, you better stop, OG. Tyrese Halliburton, DeMar DeRozan, Ben Simmons, Mikael Bridges, Kyle Lowry, Robert Williams. So, yeah, Ball, Murray, Brogdon, Halliburton, DeRozan, Simmons, Lowry, all assist guys smashing off the board in round five. So, assists now become harder to find. Points just 
just write that in. Absolute Sharpie at the top there. Points number one. And assists and rebounds switching over. And basically, from here on out, the categories that are tough to find are points, assists, and rebounds. That's it. Everything else, and we, we track things on a positive or negative scale in terms of what's hardest and easiest to find. Everything basically from here on out becomes outside of points, assists, and rebounds becomes positive to largely positive. Finding threes, easiest. Steals, probably next easiest. Influencing field goals and free throws is actually possible at this point in the draft a little bit. Um, you're finding blocks, pretty easy. But points, assists, and rebounds, not. After round seven, it's points, assists, and rebounds. After round eight, guess what? It's points, assists, and rebounds. After round nine, guess what the hardest categories are? It's points, assists, and rebounds. After round 10, are we in for a surprise? No, we're not. It's points, assists, and rebounds. And then after round 11, oh, actually something did pop up here. Points, assists, and rebounds. Then after round 11, field goal percentage. There's just no real big men available at that point who are going to influence your field goal percentage. So that's where you have it. Like you got points, assists, and rebounds. We know that. Free throw percentage becomes an issue early on. Field goal percentage in those mid rounds. And then it's just the three counting stats. And often people are criticized in fantasy for looking at the popcorn stats, the points, assists, and rebounds. Are you just turned on by those big numbers? And there is definitely a part of that. But with how drafts go and the fact, and who knows is if it's chicken or egg, I don't actually know um, whether it is, uh, you know, which one it actually is. But if everyone is targeting points, assists, and rebounds and is super drawn to that, that makes them go off the board quicker. Therefore, it makes them more valuable and a category that's harder to, harder to get, which I think is what's happening here. Because that, again, is based off Yahoo ADP data, which might change based on your own rankings or how your draft looks or how people are getting picked. But this it's general public consensus. Points, assists, and rebounds become the hardest categories to get because they're the most popular categories to get. Therefore, if you want to be competitive in those areas, you have to go for them early, perpetuating that thing. So what can you gain from this? It, it does show that given how hard points and assists are to find, punting those categories has success. Steals, blocks, percentages, threes, add some rebounds. And if you're punting assists, you're naturally going to be good at turnovers. So a punt points slash assist build might actually be really strong. You can gain a ton of value doing that because those categories require the reaching, require really targeting those points and assist guys to be competitive in those areas. So I think that's probably the number one thing to be paying attention to from this information. Having an, an understanding of when those players go off the board, point guards in that round four area and then later on in the seven to eight area and then big men in that round three type zone, round two type three seeing how that field goal free throw percentage change up happens and just the absolute dearth of points outside of the first few rounds. Everyone scores, but they all do it below average. All right, so that is that is important to note. Guys, that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the old Odyssey app if you're here on YouTube. Give me a thumbs up, leave a comment down below, subscribe notification bell guys we are done here thank you so much for listening everyone see ya